Well, good morning. I get the privilege of speaking with you guys today. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I had some technical difficulties earlier, but we're all good now. I am super pumped to be here today. If you don't know me, I am the youth director here, and I get to speak on this lovely day. You know, it's going to be amazing. And I get to speak on the Church of Philadelphia, which is the super interesting church, and I, I'm really pumped for what God is teaching us through this letter. You know, we're almost done this series. You know, after this, we have one more week. But I really want you guys, you know, as I've been reading these letters, something that has been really clear to me. You know, at the end of each letter, it always says, if you have ears, then, he then let them hear to what God is saying to the many churches. So I'm just hoping that today your ears are open and that you're prepared for what God is about to teach you. So let's not diddy-daddle. Let's just get right into the message. So Revelations 3, 7 through 13, Jesus says this to Philadelphia. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write this. This is the message from the one who is holy and true. He has the key that belongs to David, and when he opens a door, no one may close it. And when he closes a door, no one can open it. I know what you do. I know that you have little power, and you have followed my teachings, and you have been faithful to me. I have opened a door in front of you which no one can close. Listen, as for that group that belongs to Satan, those liars who claim that they are Jews but are not, I will make them come and bow down at your feet. They will also know that I love you because you have kept my commandment to endure. I will also keep you safe from the time of trouble which is coming upon the whole world to test the people of earth. I am coming soon, so keep safe from what you have so that no one will rob you of your victory prize. I will make those victorious pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which will come down out of heaven from my God. I will also write to them my new name. If you have ears, then listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Okay, there's a lot there. <laughs> you know, there's a lot to unpack, and there's a lot to, you know, and there's a lot of things that we need to figure out about this, this church and this city. You know, but the, the first thing that I really want us to draw attention to that will kind of shape how we understand the rest of this letter is the description of Jesus that it does at the very beginning. You know, it says that Jesus is the righteous and true one. Those are some powerful descriptions. It means that going forward in reading this letter, we know that Jesus is righteous and that he understands the unrighteous. It also means that when Jesus speaks in this letter, it is an absolute truth. And it's just really beautiful. But before we really break down this letter, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the history of Philadelphia. It's this interesting city, and one of the few cities that we actually don't have a, like, a ton of information on because we haven't been able to do any like, archaeological digs because there is still currently city, a city sitting there. So Philadelphia means the city of brotherly love. So that's something that we need to understand, which I think is very interesting because 
Another thing that's very interesting about this city is that it had a large Jewish population. And it was so large, in fact, that there was a large synagogue in the city. A synagogue that kicked out the Church of Philadelphia. See, the Church of Philadelphia used to worship in the synagogue with their fellow Jewish brothers. And they kicked them out for their refusal to deny Jesus. You know, and then also in 17 AD, so a little bit before those letters written, the city was mostly demolished by an earthquake. But we know that the synagogue remains standing. This paints a huge picture of how we understand the church is at this point in time. They are going through stuff. They are facing hardships right now. You know, the place that they called once their church home, they've been removed from. Their literal homes were also mostly destroyed. You know, they were in a city of burly love, but their Jewish brothers kicked them out of the temple. They felt, I can't imagine how they feel, what they were going through. Although, I think Jesus had an idea. Because in Revelation 3, 8, Jesus says this, I know what you do. I know that you have little power. You know, in other translations, it also says weak or powerless. So at this time, this church is feeling weak. It's feeling powerless. You know, and as I was researching this, I, I began to one, you know, and began to wonder, well, what else does the Bible say about weakness? What does it say about feeling powerless? And it's it's very interesting because as I continue to read it, God almost never paints weakness in a negative light, which is kind of weird. You know, we live in a society where if you're weak, that's bad. Then you need to work as hard as you can to become strong. You know, I, I, I remember when I was in high school, I, I had some bullies that, you know, were picking on me. So my dad just got me to the gym and started pumping, like started working out so that I would become strong. You know, but the Bible doesn't go there. You know, in 2 Corinthians 12.10, it says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with my weakness, my insults, my hardships, my persecutions, and my calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know about you, I read that, and that makes zero sense to me. It, like, it, it didn't make sense to me. And I was like, well, th- those things don't go together. You know, when I'm weak, I'm weak. But, and then I read it in this different translation, which I think is really beautiful. For my weak, <laughs> it's just, it's so amazing. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted in it. For when I feel weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with trouble on every side and face. Persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger, for my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. I'm going to say that again, because it's amazing. 
for my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. And I don't, I don't know about you, but that seems incredible to me. You know, and, and I know how much it sucks to feel weak. You know, these last couple of weeks has been kind of, that's been kind of a theme for me. You know, last couple of weeks I had a bad flare-out flare of gout, which basically means I was, you know, a limp. I, I couldn't really walk without screaming, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> and my, I felt bad for my wife who had to take care of me and our literal baby. <laughs> but, you know, there's also a, a, an amazing ability in this that weakness doesn't define us. You know, my weakness doesn't define me, but I'm, a, I'm allowing my weakness to become a portal to accessing God's full power. And God knew this about the Church of Philadelphia. For this is what he said to them, I know what you do. I know that you have little power, and you have followed my teachings, and you have been faithful to me. See, this is the amazing part of this, is that their weakness doesn't define their ability to do good things. See, God says, you were weak, but yet, and there's no, it's not a yet, it's not an if, it's and. And you have followed my teachings, and you have been faithful to me. See, this is the interesting thing about this letter, is it's one of the few letters that doesn't have, you know, uh, you've done something bad. It's just, hey, look what good you've done. Look how, what good you have done in the midst of your weakness. You know, I, I, I really understand, like, you know, I don't know where you guys are today, but maybe you're feeling like this. Maybe you're feeling weak. Maybe you're going through calamity. Maybe you're going through persecution. Maybe you're going through hardships. But there's already this beautiful promise in this that weakness doesn't define you. But your ability to persevere does. See, in that same passage, you know, God reminds them that he's opened a door in front of them which no one can close. See, the amazing thing about this is that I'm sure that even though they were, they were weak and yet they still did these amazing things, I'm sure they still had doubts. You know, they lost their homes. They were shut out of the temple. I'm sure they doubted the promises God has put in front of them. You know, but earlier in the passage, God said, if a door is open, it means I opened it. If it's closed, it means I closed it. And I don't know about you, but I wonder how, much, how many of us actually believe that. The struggling thought of when hardships come our way, we, we often say, okay, well, that door, that promise that God made me, maybe it's now closed. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about myself because, you know, this is kind of, yeah, it, it values about who I am. So I'm going to tell you guys a story about kind of how I came to Gateway. You know, so w when I was 17, I, I was working at this Bible camp. And I was starting to, you know, think about, okay, what should I do with my life? What is my career path? Where am I moving forward in life? You know, God, what do you want to do with me? 
And so, you know, I went and I spent some time in prayer and I asked them these questions. You know, basically like, okay, God, what am I doing the rest of my life? And, and I had some answers in the back of my head that I wanted him to say. You know, because I, at the end of the day, wanted a job that paid well. I wanted a job that could, you know, financially support my family with ease. So I was thinking, oh, maybe oil field, maybe construction, maybe carpenter. All jobs that I would have really done real poorly at. <laughs> but that's what I had in mind. And I just remember, it was one of the few moments in my life where I felt like I heard God's voice so clearly. And it was very evident that God said, I am calling you to full-time ministry. Which my response was, you crazy. You're going to rethink and we're going to come back. <laughs> I told God he was wrong. <laughs> so that was stupid. I'll, I'll tell you why it's stupid. Because God doesn't take no for an answer. Because <laughs> within the hour, I had three very important people in my life tell me that I was called to ministry. So I had my best friend at the time would come up and say, hey man, have you ever thought about, you know, like becoming a youth pastor? I think that would really suit you. And I was like, no man, not for me. But anyway, bye, see you later. And then I, I, I had this cute girl that I liked come up to me and say, have you ever thought of Bible school? You know, she later became my wife. I said, no, not really my path. And then the director of the camp, someone who I valued so much, someone who I respected, someone who I viewed as their spiritual authority in my life came up to me and said, hey man, God is calling you to full-time ministry. And I was like, okay, God, I get it. <laughs> so the following year, you know, I graduated high school and I signed up to the nearest Bible school that I could, which was like 10, 15 minutes down the road. And it was one of the hardest years that I've ever endured. So my year of Bible school, you know, I was, I wasn't, quiet about my beliefs. I wasn't quiet that I was charismatic, that I believed in tongues, that I believed in prophecy. And because of some of those beliefs I had, I got called a heretic. I got called a false teacher. One guy even told me that if I, if I went into ministry, I would do more harm than I would good. He said, but out of love. So all of a sudden, I, I, I finished my year, and I... I told God, you were wrong. That, that door's not open. Because I'll do more harm than good. See, I was facing a hardship. I was facing a persecution. And the funny thing I look at back now is the things that I was being called a false teacher for are the very things that we hold dearest in this church. And so I, I decided that that wasn't for me. That ministry wasn't for me. I went and, you know, got a good-paying job, I decided that I was not going to pursue this path. You know, and, and then I went to church, you know, a couple years later, and, and the pastor got up after the worship was done, and he said, so I, I didn't prepare a message today, but I feel like some of you just need to get right with God. Which I immediately groaned and said to the guy next to me, how lazy. <laughs> But I was like, okay, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll listen, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll, you know, I'll pray with him and see what God has to say. And then I, I, what, I, what God said to me was terrifying, but also something I needed. 
So God said to me, I have opened a door in front of you. And your refusal to walk through that door is preventing me from opening further doors. I was like, oh. Because I realized that the door that he opened for me was a door of blessing. And I know that more, now more than ever. Working with some of the youth here is one of the greatest blessings of my life. I love seeing those kids grow, seeing them thrive, seeing them strive to become more godly. But if I refuse to walk through that door, I wouldn't have received that blessing. And then the more blessings that came after that. See, God is doing amazing things. And, and the wonderful thing is the church of Philadelphia knew this. Because this is what God said to them following that. Because you have kept my commandment to endure, I will also keep you safe from the time of trouble which is coming upon the world to test all the people of earth. See, the people, the church of Philadelphia was, fa was facing pretty heavy persecution. You know, they were kicked out of their temple. <laughs> they, they were facing hardships. You know, the fear of the Roman Empire coming was growing. But God said, thank goodness you endure. I don't know about you guys, is that I can look at my life and I can look at my hardships and my troubles and my calamities and let that define me. I can let my weakness define me. That does me no good. Instead, I, I will let my weakness be a portal to God's power and my ability to endure be my definition. I will not allow people that tell me falsehoods tell me that you're going to do more harm than good to find me. Because the amazing thing, guys, is that, yeah, there's going to be hardships. There's going to be troubles. There's going to be trials. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be moments where you want to give up. But God is saying, if you endure, oh, the blessings that I have. See, in the following verse, it gets down to some of those, which are really amazing. You know, for I am coming soon. Keep safe what you have, so no one will rob you of your victory prize. For I will make you victorious pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never leave it. See, there God is saying, stop doubting. You know, if you doubt what I have, then people are going to be able to rob you of your victory prize. You know, my doubt almost made that guy tell me I was going to do more harm than good to rob me of what God had planned for my life. I'm telling you, what God has planned for you is amazing and beautiful. And one reason why this is so beautiful is that he's telling the church of Philadelphia, you are going to become pillars in my new church, in my new temple. And we actually know that the reason why the synagogue remained standing from the earthquake was because of the pillars they had placed in that building. So he's saying, you are going to become the pillars that are going to make the church stand firm. You're going to become the pillars that are going to make it Stand from the shaking, stand from the trial, stand from the tribulations. But you need to make sure that you're not letting 
people, like they had the Jewish leaders that, that were claiming that they, what they were saying was wrong. And he's saying, don't let them steal your victory prize, for I have an amazing blessing coming. And blessings truly are great. They truly are incredible. And God is preparing his blessing for you. But you need to be willing to persevere through your weakness, to persevere through your trial, to persevere through the tribulation. For there's something really amazing that comes after that. In Galatians 6, 9, says this. So let's not get tired of what is good. At just the right time, we will harvest a blessing if we don't give up. Man, that is beautiful. And I want to invite the band up at this time. See, this is the amazing thing, guys, is that a harvest is on its way. You know, I don't know where you guys are standing today. I don't know what hardships you're facing. I don't know what troubles you're in. But I'm telling you is that they are temporary. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is 1 Peter 5.10, which says, even though you have struggled, even though you have suffered a little while, I, the God of all grace, will himself strengthen, restore, and reestablish you. This is one of the many blessings that God is promising us. But the question is, are you guys willing to persevere through it? Because this is the amazing thing about the church of Philadelphia is that they were perseverers. They pushed through. They had times of trouble. They had times of struggle. And yeah, they were weak. They were powerless. But that didn't stop them from being faithful. That didn't stop them from keeping God's commandment. That didn't stop them from persevering through those things. To persevere through the hardship, to persevere through the struggle. And I'm okay with my weakness. Because my weakness becomes a portal to his power. And I love that. I love that through my weakness, I have access to the Almighty. That through my weakness, I am made stronger. Because he is strong. I'm okay not to rely on myself, not to rely on my own strength. Because I'd rather rely on his. Because yeah, through those hardships, through those difficulties that we face in life, it is far easier for us to give up. It is far easier for us to give in. But the amazing thing is that I can now lean on God. I can now rely on him to be my strength. Because the amazing thing about this is it doesn't require a good amount, a high amount of strength to persevere. It doesn't require strength to be faithful. It doesn't require strength to seek righteousness, to seek love, to seek holy, to seek hope. You don't need strength for that. You just need him. You just need Jesus. And the Church of Philadelphia knew that. 
they were perseverers. They held true unto the promises that God was making. They knew that God had promised them that they were going to be pillars. And they said, I will persevere because I will not let someone rob me of my victory prize. And here's the thing, guys. If you're going through difficulties, here's the good news. A harvest of blessing is coming. And I don't know about you, I'm ready to reap it. So I want you guys to stand today. Let's stand. I, I really just want you guys to leave with this simple, simple idea. That through our weakness, we are made strong. That through our weakness, we are made a portal to his power. And that through that, through our ability to endure, through our ability to persevere, we get access to his many blessings. And we know that God's blessings and his promises are always yes and amen. So dear Lord, I thank you so much for your blessing that you are pouring over your people. I thank you so much that the harvest is coming. I thank you so much that we don't need to be strong to persevere. And I thank you so much that you will make us stronger for it. That through my weakness, I get access to your strength. And I just pray this blessing is evident in every person in this room, every person watching online. I just pray that your blessing will be made true in the lives of the people here today. I pray all these amazing things in your holy name. Amen.